0: Hey there, humanoids. This is David Shoemaker. The pro wrestling world is currently on fire. And so we've got you covered five days a week on The Ringer Wrestling Show. Every Monday and Thursday, hang out with me and Kaz on The Masked Man Show.
1: And this is Peter Rosenberg, the host of Cheap Heat. Join me and my guys, stat guy Greg and Dipperstein on Tuesdays and Fridays. We talk wrestling, we have bagel breakdowns, mage interviews, and so much more.
2: And Ben Cruz here. Come kick it with me, Cal, and Brian on Wednesday Worldwide, where we hit the most interesting headlines and even react to some of mass man's, cheap heats, or even your hottest takes.
0: Don't tap out, tap in to the Ringer Wrestling Show feed, now on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And stay mage, everyone. Worldwide.
0: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube.
3: I could see the level of joy on your face smashing that button today. That was funny. I haven't seen your hands move that quick in a long time. Uh, You were ready to go with that music. You said, let's go. (laughs) And I said, let's do it. I know, but you jolted into it. That's a good thing. It's a compliment. Uh, I don't know that you're always known for your hustle, physical speed. And that was a great
1: display. I'm really glad that you're in whatever mood this is. It makes me feel good to start it off with a comment on my weight. It makes me feel really happy about no that. No one said a word about your weight. Oh, you didn't? What, what were you saying about the whole hustle thing? That's weird. Your physical speed. Yeah. There's plenty of skinny guys who are slow. Huh. I'm sure that's what you meant. You, you were complimenting me on my skinniness? Is that what that was? Absolutely not. <laughs> Why are you doing this? What am I doing? Just because of
3: your cousin's text, which I'm leaving, by the way. <laughs> how do you leave a text? I just you found can't. out I had one of our cousins, blo- well, your cousins, not mine, blocked. Um, I now have to find out how to leave a group text. I found out how to unblock the
1: person, though. That's great. I'm really happy for you. Guys, we actually oh, have a guest I joining don't know right how to- like any minute now. How so do, how do you leave? Gonna, it doesn't matter. We're going to start the show with Aram Layton from Just Baseball. He's going to be on in just a second. And then later in the show, we're going to have Major event? Morgan John Fox. Major dire- event? You know, Major it event? is absolutely insane how I cannot speak without you speaking over me. It's okay, though. Big um, event Morgan John Fox is going to be joining us, the director of the hobby documentary that we are part of. Um, so, it's a fun show. Major we are event. also going to talk about a major event. Uh, Mike may have alluded to it at some point. I don't know. Giving away,
3: I'm going to say $13,000. <sighs> Might be a little
1: bit more. Well, we'll definitely give away $10,000 in cashish. Well, well no. cash credit. I mean, Did you same say thing.
3: cashish? Cashish. We're not dealing drugs here, Padre. We're, We're, right. We're not back in your
1: um, MTSU there's, days, there's, whatever there's a you're doing. Real fun event that's going to be happening next Tuesday. We will be live in Phoenix for the uh spring break house I don't know what they call the tops house out there but it's going to be a big 10 release party so tops shot top shot no that that sounds too top much like spot tops spot all I said them, it earlier. All of them sound very similar. Okay, I, don't want,
3: I don't want to linger on this. I see a hide alerts. I do not see a leave group option.
1: You are in a Android slash Apple group message. I don't think you have the option to do that. I'm going to do hide alerts and see what happens there. There you go. You can do that. Text something in the group real quick. I just want to see what happens. I'm there. doing a podcast right now. Hopefully you join me. Um, Some would argue. You are we, doing, you're talking to a microphone. I'll give you that. We are. Let's go.
3: Arm's not even here. Can you had to come in early?
1: Yeah, he's. I mean, I messaged him several times.
3: He's dead to me. Um Arm don't come. No, it's fine. He can still come. I have some things to talk about. Go. I don't have anything to say. I thought Arm was coming. <laughs> this is what you call stalling for time.
1: Oh, you actually don't okay. Um so we actually could talk about the idea that you have um well oh, here we go. We have the, ideas? The Instagram page has a reel that has 750,000 views on it now. Almost 800. Uh, the Instagram thing is funny. My
3: whole point was from before the Super Bowl. Um it is
1: it was the Kelsey thing.
3: That Kelsey could not hold gra Yeah, it could, doesn't compare peak to peak, by the way. People go crazy with these stats, career numbers. I'm not com- I'm not comparing stats in a career sense. Kelsey has stayed healthier much longer. Availability is a huge ability. Kelsey's great. And that wasn't even a shot at Kelsey. But it's just wild the reaction people have had. Like, Gronk at his peak was the most dominant pass-catching tight end and blocking tight end in the history of the game. Very simple. Like, not even close. And so, I, I don't know what the argument was. The other thing is, we've never seen anybody do what Patrick's doing. I don't, we, there's no reason to compare Patrick Mahomes' stats in 2020 through 2024 to Tom Brady's stats from 2000 to 2004.
1: You said that last time because you said the comparison to who he was playing against was not the same.
3: No, it wasn't a passing league. It's just a totally different. Look at the amount of guys who were throwing for 4,000 yards back then. Very few, if any. Now, Derek Carr throws for that every year. Like, this is a, this is a passing league. So the stats, to me, it's totally, it, does, it, it makes no sense to compare that. But there and, were and other
1: stats besides just passing that Mahomes surpassed Brady on. Like what? Let me pull it up. I've got please it right please here. Please
3: do. While you're doing that. The other thing is we've never seen a run like this. Sure, we have. Brady won three in four years. And then won three more. Again, everybody's like, well, we have it at this point. Well, Brady won three in his first five seasons. That's better than Mahomes. Uh, and again, by the way, this is not a shot at Mahomes either. This is a shot at the stupid people who are just elevating Mahomes to number one all time. He's the most talented quarterback of all time. As I have to keep repeating, he's on a trajectory to be the second and maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. He's just not there yet.
1: That's all okay. Right. It was playoff stats before turning 30. Yeah. Mahomes yeah. had 18 games. Brady had 14. They're probably way better. Mahomes had 5,100 yards sure. passing. Tom had 32. Fine. Uh, 41 passing touchdowns for Mahomes. Yep. 20 for Brady. Fine. Eight interceptions, nine for Brady. Okay. Three Super Bowl, three-time Super Bowl champ. They, they tied on that one. Yeah. And three-time Super Bowl MVP where Brady had two. Brady had two. Yeah. Deion Branch won one.
3: Fine. Again, so what? It was not. That's like okay. So you, don't but you to keep saying.
1: So what is the response? What, well, what would you say? The
3: reasoning is that's like saying okay. You know who had more passing yards in their career? Matt Ryan's stats blow away Johnny Unitas. Anybody with a brain think that Matt Ryan's a better freaking quarterback than Johnny Unitas? No, it wasn't a passing league.
1: But take away the passing part of it though. Like the other fact of like the MVP, the other like interception. Touch, like I mean, I, mean, yeah, I agree. What mean,
3: what are we taking away? That those are pa- Okay, he won one less MVP. Okay. Fine. Okay. Brady still has six total, or five or six total, five total, Edelman 1-1. One, one. Like, what are we taking away? It doesn't make any sense. This Is what I'm saying. This makes no sense to me
1: when we're comparing these type of things. Okay. I think that some would beg to differ, but that's okay. I would love to hear the argument. Well, the, the, I, we can diff- go read the chat.
3: Oh, is- <laughs> a bunch of morons who sh- who don't know how to write a complete sentence on freaking Instagram. By the way, by the, the amount way, of people who have Wi Fi in their parents' basement is embarrassing. bye shut off your basement Wi Fi. No more commenting in public. All the here. We're by excited. The way
1: here we go. Aram, thank you so he has much to for calm joining. me
3: down because I'm going to lose my mind today.
1: Well, if I have to shut off the
4: uh, the basement Wi Fi, I-, I might have to hop off the
2: show.
3: <laughs> Aram owns the house. Aram. You agree with me on this, though. Tom Brady is still the greatest quarterback of all time, correct? You don't For have now. to agree. Thank you. That's it. And you know what? That's a reasonable response. If For Mahomes now. keeps going, I have no problem if he gets four, five, six, and all of a sudden he's the greatest thing ever. Fine. Okay. Right now he's not.
4: That's it. <laughs> We've had a lot of players on uh, some unbelievable tracks that just can't maintain it all the way. Thank uh, you. But we'll see. I-, I think he catches them eventually. I, it's I just it's very don't know. Yeah.
1: oh wow very
4: possible you really? know I no no problem
1: I bet you're really happy. Arm joined the podcast now you can drop him anytime. Uh, yeah you at know, know Arm saying you're freaking just, you're a
4: baseball guy what do you know about yeah I, I don't know anything <laughs> um, Aram- I, I just I just backed your side
3: and yeah I exactly I know just,
1: yeah, just I, if I don't it, feel buddy. just
3: blind devotion I just lash out <laughs> that
1: was th- it That's was fine. blind devotion it was not blind devotion um, you are here because we are uh, we have a big event going on next week and we wanted to talk baseball prospects spring training. Uh, can you talk about anything other than the jerseys being uh, not a big fan favorite?
4: Yeah, you know it's funny. I've never been a big like jerseys guy. Like I, you know, like I understand that people are probably bothered because you know if you want to buy a jersey of your favorite team now it looks stupid. But I don't know. I like I'm there to watch the game. I don't care if they're wearing you know turquoise and pink jerseys. If they're playing baseball and it's entertaining and they're playing it at a high level, like. I don't know. I, I've never totally understood that side of it.
1: All right. Well, other than that, what is going on at spring training? Is there been actually because of the uh, actually the article I read said the only news coming out is about the jerseys. But um, can you talk to about anything going on at spring training that would lead you to be more hyped about one player over another about maybe investing in them? You know, it's actually funny.
4: I, I think there's a lot of open competition this year uh, because of the precedent that we're seeing with a few different players. I mean, you, you see guys like Jordan Walker and Anthony Volpe last year uh, for, just forced their team's hands with what they did in spring training. But now you're seeing some guys that are playing so well in the minor leagues that they're getting these pre-arbitration deals and you know, the, or these pre-debut deals. You'll get Colt Keith, uh, Jackson Chorio. And the way these deals work is they buy out, you know, the early years of your, you know, control where you're making the league minimum or arbitration one, which is going to be very, you know, very small amount relative to what you're worth. Uh, and then on 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 the back end, you know, you give up a couple years of free agency uh, to be able to get that money up front. Right. And uh, the thing is, though, when a team does that, you're not going to pay a guy two million dollars to play, you know, in triple you're, A. You're not paying, you know, Colt Keith two million dollars to go play for the Toledo Mudhens. So. I'm really excited to see what Cole Keith's gonna do. I'm very confident that him with the Tigers, you know, he's gonna be a, a part of that team maybe from opening day this year with what they're paying him. Jackson Chorio, same story. And and I'm interested to see if there's any other players, top prospects who, you know, might be candidates to get these pre-debut pre-arbitration deals that we're starting to see become more in vogue in, in baseball. I've
3: been accused of not preparing for things, so I over-prepared for this segment. I could really run with the whole thing if I needed to. Just Go keep for it. arm rolling, but I'm not gonna do that. Uh, I have a couple questions as it relates to kind of the mixture of the two worlds, like your actual baseball knowledge on field. And you're one of the few people who also has card knowledge to back it up, which is great. You kind of connect the, the two. So obviously this week, we'll kind of go rookie and prospect quick. Uh, obviously, 2024, Series 1 released yesterday. You know, the big names, the headliners were very easy. Ellie De La Cruz, although I think is wildly overrated as a, as a long-term actual player, is going to sell through the roof. You know, uh, Jason Dominguez is going to sell crazy high. There's one other guy, Evan Carter's the other big name. Aside from those big three, you know, there's actually a pretty decent list of like tier two, tier three rookies. Anybody from that product that kind of jumps out at you and you say, hey, this guy is going to be a rookie throughout the year. We'll have his logo stuff. This is a guy to maybe keep an eye on.
4: Yeah. So it's interesting because I think there's a lot of fun and intriguing rookies that I feel like probably get overlooked because of how insanely talented this class is, like you mentioned. I, I'm interested to see what the Dominguez mania looks like now because he is going to be hurt for the beginning of the year and things like that. But I also think he's not nearly uh, as volatile as he you know once was perceived to be. He might not be out of this world like the Martian. But I, I think you know if, if he ends up being a George Springer type for the Yankees, could be really fun. But I, I think this is a pretty loaded rookie class in general. I'm looking at Junior Caminero. Uh, as a guy that, you know, I know is, is becoming very popular in the prospect world is a pretty much a consensus top five prospect, but maybe not getting as much of the fanfare as some of the other you know top flight young players or players who, you know, really performed well last year. Um, I, I look at common and I think one, he could win rookie of the year this year, but two, uh, he's got to have a huge role with the rays in terms of, you know, the situation with Wander Franco, him, you know, most likely never playing another baseball game again. Uh, He's the focus, and, and he's a guy that could end up plugging into third, short, um, and, and be a huge part of what they're doing. Curtis Mead, also in Tampa Bay, is, is a guy that I think gets overlooked a lot. Really good field to hit. Was banged up all last year. It's a blend of power. He can swing it. He's Australian, so he's fun. Uh, you're like mind-blown when you hear his voice, uh, but he can really, really swing it. And if the Rays are going to go anywhere this year, those two guys are going to be a huge part of it.
3: Let me throw a couple other names at you because there's a couple other guys who have kind of fallen from grace a little bit. Marco Luciano in 2019 was like second to wander. Like he actually outsold Julio uh, in that pride in 2019 Bowman and his first stuff. He's obviously come way, way down in, in terms of price, but he is going to be a rookie throughout the year for San Francisco. And he's going to have his rookie cards in every product it looks like throughout. What's your take on a guy like him?
4: I, I It's not a guy I'm, I'm very excited about relative to, I think the, the hype. And even now still, I think it's a guy that you still see kind of ranked pretty highly. I, I he's I've, talked about him on the call up our prospect podcast is maybe the most difficult player for me to assess because you can see the talent. You can see the projection, but at the same time, it's like, how long are we going to project for here? Right? You look at the numbers through the minor leagues. He's never really had that full, complete, fantastic season that warrants him being ranked as high as he has been ranked. I'll give him credit for, you know, developing at shortstop a little bit, but there's a lot of swing and miss. Uh, I think there's a lot of dependency on being able to tap into game power consistently. And He hasn't done that, and he hasn't stayed healthy. That's a guy I'm kind of staying away from, um, whether it would be in a fantasy perspective or in in a card-collecting perspective. I just think there's too much volatility there, and we haven't really seen him do that much compared to his peers that are usually kind of considered to be in the same range. I got a couple of the names quick I'm just curious about.
3: Actually, the first guy, too, I'm I'm actually interested in his his injury stuff, Andy Rodriguez. Is he going to miss the entire
4: season? Unfortunately, it seems so, and that's a guy that I've been in on, you know, since he was traded for Joey Lucchese. Uh, I okay. just always love the swing from both sides. I think he can be fantastic. And it might be an opportunity to to capitalize on that, right? I mean, it's Tommy John surgery, unfortunately. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, he's going to come back. He's going to be 23, 24 years old, switch hitter, power, uh, can catch really well. But it also opens up an opportunity for Henry Davis here where, you know, Henry Davis, it's about the bat. He can hit you 30-plus homers, but he's also going to be catching pretty regularly now. I don't know how that impacts his offense or not, but regardless, he's going to be a very key piece for the Pirates, who are a better team this year, and they're going to be a little bit more competitive and are building something sustainably good, I think, that in the next few years. So I think both of those guys have intrigue, and, and Henry Davis is probably a player that, outside of like the Tier 1, has the potential to be a really solid and fun bat. Uh, that could be fun to collect.
3: Yeah, and they actually had a wicked good start to the year last year for the first month, which was weird. Um the actually the, the next guy I was going to ask you about is a pirate. Talk about a crazy fall from Grace. Nick Gonzalez was like a top five pick back in the day, wasn't he?
4: Yeah. Man What happened I'm, to that dude? I'm, I'm, ah, dude, I I think it was a mixture of, you know, the Cape Cod league was a little bit weaker pitching wise when he when he won the the MVP out there. And then By the way, Arm, real quick to that
3: point, nothing good has ever come out of Cape Cod. I'm a Massachusetts guy. Anybody from Cape Cod ever tells you they're from Boston? Liars. Cape Cod is just a scummy little hook on the on the state. Sorry to interrupt. Back to you. I, the I really league like is Cape awesome, Cod.
4: though. It's the best summer. Of the my league life. is great.
3: No, oh, no problem.
4: Freddie no. Prince Jr. Summer Catch. I'm in. <laughs> Aside from that, Cape Cod sucks. <laughs> okay. Worst. I, I mean, arguably one of the worst movies of all time. But I, I watched oh, okay. it three times. So,
3: hang on a second here. <laughs> prime Jessica Biel. Prime Freddie <laughs> Prince. Like, what are we doing? You're there? not going to hear you me see, argue. Have you point. seen the movie? Oh, of course. He I've was one yeah.
4: pitch away from a no hitter and he runs off the mound and goes to, to, to run down the plane. Like, I uh, just throw the last pitch, dude, and then go. That's um, true love. That bro. Was- You're not
3: even married. You can't talk mm-hmm. about this. This is true love.
4: <laughs> yeah. And then he, but then
3: he gives up his home run in his major league debut to which player? We're going deep cuts here. How? When was Ken last Griffey time, Jr. Baby? When was last time you saw this movie? Oh, it's been. You know what's amazing about that movie? That I'm. I'm done talking. after this arm. I'm sorry. I've been sucking down Celsius all morning, getting all worked up. He he. His major league debut gives up a monster home run to Ken Griffey Jr. And he just I smiles didn't even remember about that part. it. Oh, dude, I remember everything about this, this night. I'll tell you why. So On weird. the way home from that, me and my brother. Only time it's ever happened. We're just driving home. You guys kissed? Random DUI checkpoint. Really? We like, get out of the car. We were like. I mean, he wasn't even twenty-one. It was just the most random night of all time. Anyways, so
4: back to Nick Gonzalez, though. Here we go. Nick Gonzalez. Um, yeah. So honestly, segments, super. super impressive on the Cape, but then you also factor in New Mexico State Launch Pad. Uh, you know, the WAC conference, not the most difficult competition. I, I still think Nick can be a good player. I think he can be a decent big leaguer. I, I don't think that you know from the collector standpoint that it's going to look like what what it was once you know, conceptualized as and an imagined to be, and it's pretty crowded out there in the infield. So it, it's tough for him. I, I think he's a guy that's more on the outside looking in. A Jared Triolo may even be kind of ahead of him now um, when you look at the infield. So uh, it, it's tough. It's definitely not a guy that I, I think I'm targeting probably in, in this product. I'd, I'd If you're we, if looking at, you know, prospects who are slow out of the gate that, you know, I think can be really good. Tyler Soderstrom is another one. Like For he, the A's, he was, I love he, that kid. He wasn't quite big league ready, but like, why not? I mean, you know, that that wasn't even a big league team that they brought him up to anyway. So, you know, it it was an opportunity for him to work on things, get the reps. It was ugly, but he's 22. Um, I'm really high on him still. I think the swing plays, whether he plays catcher, first base, DH, I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be mostly be first base and, you know, the occasional uh, catching like once or twice a week. They have Langliers anyways. I think that helps him, honestly, because I think he's going to be able to focus more on hitting, be able to just be the power bat that, that he is capable of being. And he's got a pretty good feel to hit too. I think Soderstrom can be a monster. And then you, you think a couple of years down the line here, they're going to be in Vegas. Uh, you you'd imagine that they're going to spend some money. Even the Marlins spent money when they got their new stadium. The team starts to be a little bit more competitive. Soderstrom's a young key piece of it. Uh, there there could be a world where, you know, all of a sudden people want to collect an Oakland A's player or a Las Vegas A's player.
3: Uh, one other name I have from this 2024 rookie class that we've seen, again, just one product. Then so it's not, I'm not sure what it'll look like all year. Another guy, by the way, 2019 Bowman. So it was Wander, J-Rod, Luciano, uh, Ronnie Mauricio. We've kind of seen some weird ups and downs with this dude. Like he has shown at times, like, hey, he's a legit top 10 type prospect. Other times, looks like he doesn't belong in the league um, in in single A. What's kind of your outlook on a guy like that this year?
4: So unfortunately, in his eighth game in the Dominican Winter League, he tore his ACL. Oh, I did not know that. Oh. which sucks because there was reports out there that the reason why he was playing in the Dominican winter league is because, you know, he had been short changed on, you know, by his agent and allegedly, and you know, so he needed to make more money. And so he was doing it because of that. And the Mets didn't even really want him out there because he had shown out so well at the end of the year. I- I'll say this. I think that he is basically a better version. And I know this is a very hot take, but I think he's a better version of what everybody gives Marco Luciano credit for being right. Insane exit velocities, uh, questionable hit tool, decent defense at shortstop, or, you know, I think Luis, I think Mauricio's a little bit more versatile. He can play third, can play a little bit outfield. I would rather collect Ronnie. And Ronnie's ACL, that sucks. I think he's gonna come back. I think he's gonna be fine. And the switch hitter with that kind of power, I mean, he was hitting balls 118 miles an hour, you know, in his big league debut. He's still extremely young. And Mauricio's a guy that I'd imagine his cards are gonna be cheap and I'd have no problem picking up a few of his, because if it all clicks, there's 30 plus home runs there. No problem.
1: Hey, uh, just because of time, and we've got another guest coming here shortly, I did want to hit a few of the mailbag questions. Can have I have, have one it? more minute? I got a quick pick them and I'll be done. Okay. Real fast. I'll I came in way. a little
4: late. The, the, the other gentleman or, or woman can come a little late, right?
1: Oh, I already pushed them. But we also have time. We have got to do a big pro uh, show announcement between you two. Ooh. Big show announcement. I'm
4: excited. I'm just enjoying this. I could do this all day with you guys. So you want to go back to the summer catch stuff? I got time for that. Okay, real quick then. I'm
1: Fever pitch next. I, okay, don't get me started. Drew Barrymore, most I'm sorry. Overrated. I, that's my no, fault. No, you want to go on the no. ADHD path, go, 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 Drew Barrymore go, sucks. Go.
3: Peaked in ET. Horrible sense. All right, real quick. Uh, sorry, we got to cut this one short, Arm. Uh, a pick 'em. Pick 'em hobby related, by the way. Not necessarily on field, but who is the better hobby by? First up, probably the biggest one for me: Jackson or Jackson this year? Jackson Holiday, Jackson Churio. both selling
4: super high, obviously. Or Michael? Oh, Michael. I'm, I'm going to go Jackson Holiday, but okay. it depends how how risk tolerant you are. Jackson Holiday is a guarantee to be a really solid big leaguer. I'd, I and I hate saying the word guarantee with prospects. Churio, if it all clicks, has a higher ceiling, I think, and, and can you know, make more of an impact, but. I'd go holiday either. You're just, there's, there's a low chance you regret that. I like it. My only fear with
3: Jackson holiday, you got two other monsters there. Adley and Gunner. Does it get overlooked, but who knows? Doesn't matter. Uh, My other thing, 2023, two different products, Bowman Chrome, which was obviously Solace and Celestine from Seattle, headlining that or 23 Bowman draft. You got to rip one product all year based on who you can hit out of it. Which one are you going with? Ooh, that's a great question.
4: I I like like 23 Bowman draft. I, I just think this class is, loaded with with not only players who are talented but players who are going to climb quickly uh and, and and well balanced right i i always like a product where if i don't pull one of the five main prospects that i could pull somebody that i could still be excited about or or could be in a big league role relatively soon and i feel like this 23 draft has a lot of those types of guys you have the swing in for the fences types with a wyatt langford but then you have like the the overlooked like Matt Shaws and. Uh, some of these other guys that I think could be really good players at the end of the day. So I'll, I'll go 23 drafts because I love that class and I, I think it's a little bit uh, more spread out.
3: Yeah, more depth for sure. Uh, Jason or Junior? I think it's pretty clear from your earlier comments. Junior Caminero sounds like your guy. So
4: yeah, I, I don't sleep on Jason though because I think Jason is is a lot safer than than people think. But Junior Caminero, you know, if if, if I'm gonna have to pay a premium between those two guys. I'll take the guy that can legitimately hit 40 home runs.
3: Okay. I got two more quick ones and I'm going to let Jesse run with this.
4: Uh, RC logo or first Bowman? Mm, first Bowman. There's something about it. Okay. It, it. There's just something about, it's like you you have the the origin story, right? Like that's what they're pushing it as now too. Uh, get, give me the first. I like it. And last
3: one, are you chasing straight top prospect. Give me the Wyatt Langfords of the world, ease and solaces, or are you a speculate guy? Give me the, give me the 50 other guys I can get for $3 base autos. And if one of them pops, I'm making the same money as a top. So top prospect or the speculate speculate
4: because you know, I, I got to leverage something, right? Like I look, I, there's not very many things I have more knowledge on than I think the average person. So I'm going to, just got to take advantage of that. Right. Um, and, and I waste so much of my time just watching 18 year old baseball players in the Dominican summer league. I need to leverage this somehow. Um, you know, I, I have fair. a little bit with just baseball, you know, but sure. I, I got If I'm going to buy cards, I'd rather do it that way. But no the jokes aside, like I think it's really hard for me to justify paying, you know, those top, top dollar, because at the end of the day, all prospects are are risky to me and volatile to me. And I do feel like there's areas where players get overlooked pretty significantly. And and I feel like I could pick up a lot of overlooked players at the lower levels that could end up being some of the the, the top guys. I mean, Colt Keith was one of the guys I scooped up a ton of for like 25, 30 bucks, you know, two years ago. And I just think there's a lot of guys that you can easily find that way versus just trying to hope that the guy that everybody expects to be a superstar ends up being a superstar.
1: I like it. Jesse, I'm out of your way. I'm sorry. All right, all good. Here goes mailbag. We just have a few questions for you, real quick. Ben Joseph wants to know anyone coming off an injury or down season you recommend buying? I'm gonna go uh, Zach Neto.
4: Um, I, you know, I think you look at the Angel situation; it's unique. Uh, they're never gonna fully tear it down for whatever reason, and, and I think people are gonna key in on Nolan Shanwell a little bit more, especially in, in some of these, you know, with, with him being in Series One. I, I don't like a first baseman who's, you know is going to slug 300. Uh, and I think that's what Shanwell is going to be. But with Zach Neto, you've got speed, you've got a little bit of power, you've got an iconic type of swing in terms of like, if he's playing well, everyone in their backyard, all the, the next level of kids are going to be imitating that Zach Neto leg kick. And um, he's fun. I like the way he plays the game. And I think he can be a, a really solid shortstop that is, is very overlooked. Flew through the minor leagues, right? Only played what 30, 40 games in the minors. So, I could still have so much development at the big league level and continue to get better.
3: Yeah, it's funny, too. He's actually a good spot to buy just because after his promotion, he spiked and then just fell off a cliff
1: price-wise. So I like that one. Uh, he had a secondary question. Any all-star players who could make the leap to Hall of Fame level? That's a great question, and I actually
4: have the the perfect answer for that.
3: AL or NL? Hang on here. Let's go. I'm going to read his mind right A-L? now. AL? Kyle Tucker. Okay, I, I, not a chance in the world. I was guessing that, but I don't hate that pick, Tucker. Okay, so
4: Kyle, Kyle Tucker. For me, I look at the game. If if I were a general manager, this is one of the guys that I'd be as comfortable as possible giving out a two hundred, three hundred million dollar deal. I mean, the guy is a five win player, pretty much four and a half, five win player. The last three years, look at the stat lines. It's it's pretty much guaranteed thirty home runs. He's guaranteed to steal you 25-30 bags. He's going to hit for some average. He's going to walk a little bit. And he's getting better every year. And I think people also forget with Tucker, he just turned 27. And he has 100 home runs under his belt. He already has you know 500 hits under his belt. He's won World Series. He's been, you know he's, when it's all said and done, he's going to be in one of the best postseason players, I think, when you look at cumulative stats. I, and I just see the game aging really well for him. Um, I, I think that's a player that, Isn't going to slow down anytime soon. You hit 25 to 30 home runs and steal 25 to 30 bags every single year for 15 years. And it's pretty safe to say you'll be on a Hall of Fame track. And again, he's getting better every single year. I think last year was the best year of his career, you could argue. So I think Kyle Tucker is a no-brainer for me as a guy that I think could very easily get into that track. You know what's wild about
3: him? You know what year his first is? He's a 2015 guy. I didn't know he was only 27. That's nuts. Okay. I like that. Prospect
4: fatigue right there. Yeah. That's why people like, is one of those guys that I think a lot of people just assume is a lot older and don't really want to jump in. That's one of the few big leaguers that, you know, I I definitely would be comfortable, you know, scooping up and buying. Another player on the National League side, but it might already be a little too late is, is Austin Riley. Another kind of late bloomer type, I think cut from a similar cloth, not even 27 yet either. Uh, but he's starting to to elevate to just another level, I think. You you have three straight seasons of 30-plus home runs, 37 last year, and and that was even after a slow first half went nuclear in the second half. Um, This Braves team's going to be a dynasty, I think. I mean, they got to win a World Series again to be a dynasty, but they're going to be around for a long time. They ain't going anywhere, and and Riley's a big part of that. And you look at 134 home runs before his 27th birthday, I mean, this guy's got a shot to hit 500.
1: All right, Tyler Rodriguez wants to know, What's the outlook for the younger Acuna brothers, Brian and Luis Angel? Very nicely done.
4: Yeah, Luis Angel definitely stands out more to me right now. I pulled a Brian Acuna, actually, I autographed out of, to, I think it was out of 99 or whatever. I sold it immediately just because I'm like, I, I don't even know what his swing looks like. So I, I know the name gets a lot of you know, fanfare and things like that, but you look at Luis Angel Acuna. I think this guy could be a really solid big leaguer. Um, you know, obviously a key piece in, in in that trade coming over to the Mets, you know, when when we saw Max Scherzer get moved, but you have a guy that can play good defensive shortstop, can play a good center field, can steal 40 to 50 bags. He stole fifty-seven last year. He's working on the power. It's it's better than I think the the stat line would would imply. He could probably hit 15 to 20 home runs but 40-plus bags, Acuna's brother, swing looks exactly the same for the New York Mets. Uh, I definitely think that there's something to, to be interested in there. All
1: right, last one, real quick. Zach Ole- Oleksiak says, uh, how much price fluctuation should we expect for prospects getting their first at-bats in Major League Camps this spring training?
4: In terms of of what, do you think? Like, Well, he says it, an example.
1: He says, I'm a Guardians fan. If Chase DeLauder... Was that it? DeLotter? Yeah, it chases the guy there. He says, there. comes in to know, to uh, major league camp and starts hitting bombs everywhere. How much fluctuation might that bring to oh, their card prices? Huge.
4: Uh, a lot and probably too much, yep. to be honest. Um, For you sure. know, I think spring training results are you, uh, kind of a crapshoot. I, I think the first month of the minor league season is more telling than, than spring training results. But I think you get a lot of confirmation bias because it's like, oh, he homered off a big leaguer. Yeah, the big leaguer doesn't care about the results, and he's trying to work on his fastball at the top of the zone. Like, if you ambush, you can hit a home run. Like, I I think there's some aspects of that that you get a little bit of the you know overreaction. Same thing with the Arizona Fall League. Um, So, you know, I think there is going to be price fluctuation. And honestly, I I wouldn't be afraid to miss the boat if a guy is starting to go up in price because of his spring training performance. And I honestly think it'll plateau uh, once either have a big league debut and and and. Say welcome to the big leagues, or you know, start off in the minor leagues. I think of O'Neill Cruz and what he did, you know, in, in spring training and how his cards just skyrocketed. And I learned in the hard way. I was like, oh man, they're going to keep going up. I don't want to miss the boat. No, he gets <laughs> up to the big leagues and has the natural struggles that all of the other guys have that you don't have in spring training because nobody's actually executing a game plan against you. They're working on their own shit. So, I, you know, I think from that lens, it's it's definitely an area where I, I'd try to sift that out um, and and you know wait. Nice. Hey, hey! when are Perfect. Major League
3: rosters finalized, by the way?
4: That's a great question. Um, I don't know. All
3: right. I don't I'm going to look that you, up. You got me on that one. I, I was hoping to have you back like right around that time. Just in case we did like, there's always the last minute promotions, guys making the roster we didn't think. So maybe we can get some
4: analysis. I don't know. Next two to three weeks. Always happy to. And we are dropping our top 100 update or first top 100 was for 2024 in the next two weeks. So it should be before the end of February. And. We're continuing to turn out the, the top prospect lists for every team uh, right now, too. So, um, yeah, we'd definitely love to, to sync that up with our top 100 release. And uh, you guys can uh, pick it apart and tell me where uh, which cards should be uh, ranked higher. Hey, where do people find that, by the way, before you go? Uh, thank you. Just is where you can find all the prospect write ups and, and, and the top 100 list and just all of the interviews, things that we do on there all the time. And then my prospect podcast, The Call Up. Uh, we're interviewing a lot of these players and talking about what goes into the rankings, breaking down these players and uh, just keeping you briefed on the minor leagues three days a week. And then the Just Baseball show is every single day, keeping you up to date on everything going M- on an MLB with Walker Bueller joining us every Monday.
1: Cool. Oh, I didn't know
3: about the Bueller thing.
1: That's awesome, man. Nice. Very cool. RM um, Layton, thank you so much for joining. Uh, we really appreciate it. We'll Busiest have you man back on. prospects right here. Yeah, we'll have you back on here real shortly.
4: Yeah, appreciate the time, brother. Thank you. It's always fun, guys. Awesome. See ya. Thanks.
1: So that was Aram Layton. Thank you so much, Aram, for joining us. We do have one big thing that we're going to talk about real quick before we go on to our interview with Morgan. Uh, This is something we're pretty excited about because we're both going out to Phoenix, Arizona next week. Fanatics Live, well, Tops is hosting like a big house thing. They did this last year where they've got prospects, guys coming out from spring training to this house. They're going to be signing cards all day. But at the same time, there's going to be guys breaking in this house, namely uh, myself and Mike, we're going to be breaking cards from one to nine, I guess local time. So mountain time, mountain time. So yep. whatever that is for you on Tuesday of next week, tune in because there is going to be giveaways galore going on, including uh one of the biggest giveaways. I think the app's done, especially the biggest giveaway we've done $10,000 in app credit uh, at the end of the stream that night. We are super psyched to be doing that.
3: Yeah, we're going to have some prospects actually join us. We're going to bring a bunch of SCN swag and have prospects and some of the players that will be there autograph it. We'll be giving those away. We'll be giving away stuff basically every 20 to 30 minutes uh, while we are live. So we want people live all day. We'll have breaks for sale, live breaks. It's actually going to be a pretty major event. Uh, we're going to do a free case of stuff at the end of the night that we're going to give away all the spots to while we're live. Uh, and it's kind of like our first time, even though we're a small-time seller, it's kind of like our first time being put up on a pedestal, so to speak, like with some of the big guys on the app, like monster breaks of the day before. I think it's VIP rips are on Wednesday. So we're kind of sandwiched in between two massive sellers. So uh, we would like your support. Uh, I know a lot of the guys in the podcast audience don't necessarily break, but if for no other reason than to support us, we're also going to be doing a ton of live content there, uh, including the big wrap-up show at the end of the night where we're highlighting the 10 cards that are making their the 10 list. Uh, so if you hit one of those cards, you get 10 grand as well, and you get to keep the card. But yeah, that, uh, we try not to like do any call that many calls to action for our podcast audience. But next week, we need you, just quite frankly. Like We're being put in a spot where, hey, can you guys bring some eyes in? And we really want to make a push to do it. So we're going to put on a show. We're going to give a ton of stuff away. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. So next Tuesday, starting at 1 p.m.
1: Mountain Time. We'll be listing breaks on the app before then, too. Correct. So you can go out there and buy spots if you want to have your spots right. in there. Giveaways, you don't have to buy bought a spot to be in it to win it. So go ahead and just join no matter what. Um, and follow, you got to follow the channel. That's the other big thing. Follow sports
3: cards, nonsense. And yeah, Jesse's doing pop century. I'm going to be doing uh, mostly baseball. Like I said, some live content, some player interviews, and there's just a ton of giveaways. So if for no other reason, get over there on Tuesday and hang out with us for a few minutes.
1: I want Jackson cheerio to open a box of pop century. That's all I ask. No. All right. Um, there you go. Look forward to you guys being there next Tuesday. Now that we've covered the big day next week, uh, that also means that Monday will not be here, but uh, today, before we end the show, we are going to go over our latest pickups, sponsored by PWCC Weekly Auctions. I checked before, uh, before we started recording, I am currently bidding on 121 cards in this week's auction. Um there's actually a, a really cool subset that I, I need to bring attention to that I don't want to because I know everyone will go out and outbid me on them. There are these 1991 Tops Kings of Rap cards. Very, very cool. I had one of these, but it wasn't from the this set. Uh, there's a Digital Underground, which uh, if you were part of one of my lives here recently, there was an embarrassing thing that happened there. There's a ra- uh, Run DMC, uh, Ice T. Fresh Prince is involved in this. I want these cards. Rip Van Winkle, ever heard of him? Um, Basically, uh, otherwise known as Ice-T is going to be there in this set. Um, There's a few others that are actually really popular even today. If you don't mind going and checking these out and then just not bidding against me, I'd really appreciate it, but at least go and check those out.
3: Okay. So I actually had a little bit of both. I actually got my box of 2019 draft sapphire in from PWCC uh, last week. We're going to be using that as one of the breaks on Tuesday at the Big Tops event. And then I went all, I'm kind of, I don't know, I've been kind of bored with singles lately. So I've just been, even just in my PC stuff, unless it's, and I did check, I don't see any of my national treasure sets available on here. So unless it's wax right now that I find interesting, I'm just not betting on it. So uh, 2004 Bowman Chrome football, awesome year. I mean, Eli, uh, Philip Rivers, Big Ben. And Fitzgerald. I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm a bit high better on that right now. 1999 Bowman's Best Basketball and 1999 Topps Chrome Basketball. Uh, rookie class, not overly great, but the refractors and stuff of the vets is stupid nice. One after your heart, 1990 Marvel Impel. I don't even care about the set anymore, but this box was pretty cheap. So I was like, hey, I could part this out by the pack, do a couple packs at a time and just, just break it for guys on app. Maybe
1: um, um, what are you thinking you're doing? Uh no. You.
3: I'm high bidder, So maybe well, yes, not anymore. You ha- he didn't do anything to the record. He's not, not anymore. Moved, so uh, some, some modern cases I'm bidding on. I expect to get outbid on those. The other one is weird. I need to do a little more research before I bid too much more 2013 national treasures football. Uh, it's the Travis Kelsey rookie year. I need to check and see if I can find out about Redemptions in there. It's the only thing that scares me, but I think it'd be awesome to rip an 11-year-old NT football box. So I'm high bidder on a bunch of those. My motto going forward now is I'm going to win at least one box a week on these things just so
1: I have something cool and different to rip on app. Nice. Uh, So that is just a few of the items. There are actually a few others, including like the Pope's signature in here. There's a lot of other Um, Actual sport cards that you may or may not care about. I don't know why you would, but there's some uh, Mahomes, a few other uh, Super Bowl champs uh, cards in there too. Go check it out. This is the weekly sponsorship of the PWCC auction. This is auction 109. So go check it out ends this Sunday. All right, uh, let's go ahead and cut over. I think it's time for our interview with Morgan, director of The Hobby. Let's go ahead and cut over to that. Morgan, what's up, buddy? The much. How's it going, y'all? What's going on, man? Look at this guy wearing his baby blue. Is there a dog on your shirt? He's what got is the that? The grizzly hat.
3: What's on the shirt? Stand up, Morgan. Oh, it's a little, uh, a little, uh, uh, a little, little no, Frenchy po- terrier. Frenchy? Isn't that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. Whatever it is. We don't care about your movie, Morgan. What's on your shirt?
2: (laughs) I almost didn't wear the shirt because I was like, Mike is going to say something about my hoodie. I love dogs, dude. I'm a a dog man. Look at, here we are. Here we go. You you could have come on top.
3: You could have come on top. That's fine too. I don't
1: mind. I'm comfortable. You're comfortable. Um, (laughs) Morgan Fox, director of such films as The Hobby and other things that I neglected to pull as IMDb beforehand to know. Um, Thank you so much for joining the podcast. How's it going, buddy?
2: It's going great. It is
1: honestly it's a true
2: honor to be on here. I've been listening to y'all for twice a year, twice a twice a week over the uh, the last few years um since I mean almost since truly the beginning, but probably like February 2021 is when I started becoming first aware of, of you all and uh such such a cool journey to you know, you listen to a podcast twice a week, and and it's it's truly a part of your life in a way that is meaningful, um, and a part of a routine. And so, it's kind of surreal to be able to be on here today, as it was uh, filming with y'all. It was a really
1: cool thing to be able to see behind the scenes to get to meet y'all. What's funny is I would almost say you're blowing smoke, but the fact that you've had so you've had so much knowledge of the deep cuts of like things we've said on the show, where you'll just text us, or like you'll jump into like live events that we're doing here and there. It, it actually is kind of cool to think, like, someone who is part of the the Hollywood corporate, uh, I guess, making movies is also a fan of the show. I, I really, I think that's awesome. Um, what what's the deal with like? Why are you still watching us? Like, do you care anymore? <laughs> like, I, I I honestly now I want to know what a,
3: what a question that was. Like, I mean, at this uh, point, like the the,
1: the documentary's done. Like, you don't have to like watch us anymore or be a part of it. I appreciate it. Jeez.
2: I am a, I'm a true collector. I'm not just the director who, you know, I, this was a job for me, but, but, it, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't like it was a forced gig. I mean, I got this job because I was a collector and I continue to collect. Um, I mean, you know, I hop in y'all streams occasionally and then get into some breaks. So uh, oh, yeah. I have a, a pretty big PC and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm hungry for content like anyone else is in this space and y'all are the ones that, you know, people maybe are loyal to different, different, uh, content creators, but y'all are, y'all have always since the beginning been, been the folks I've been loyal to. So
1: see, that's what we call a leading question. I already knew the answer that he was a collector and I want people to realize that <laughs> the people, I have another name for it, the people that are doing these documentaries. I wonder if they ever have any, cause there've been other like documentaries around cards and stuff, but this one. I really appreciate not only because we are involved in it, but also the fact that the person behind it actually cares about the hobby on a personal level. So that's really cool. and it, uh, by the way, what brought you into the hobby space to to make this film? Like obviously you are a fan of it, but how did you get to make this film and you know what's going on with it going forward?
2: yeah, so i I was actually the production company that made this film xtr. They're based in l a. And I was actually co-producing another um, project for them that that was another documentary and at the tail end of that film we were literally at their offices one day out there um, shooting an interview and the director of that film I had been talking to him about sports cards probably annoying him you know how we do us collectors annoying other people with our uh passions uh, and um and he at the very end of that film that day we were filming at xtr he said hey they have a a documentary lined up about the hobby and they need a director. And I think you should be that director. And he literally walked me into a meeting. Um, and, and I kid you not that day as I was walked into that meeting, you know, such a Hollywood story. Like I had to be there at that moment, or I probably wouldn't have gotten this job or even been up for it. But um, you know, on that day, I mentioned you all in that meeting because I had been listening to your podcast and that's what kept me current on the hobby at that time. Like I wasn't, as involved on socials uh, and and the and the community in that way, and y'all were literally the ones that sort of kept me fresh and current. So uh, I pitched y'all in that meeting. Um, I you know talked about my history in the hobby and collecting in the '90s and and how I'd gotten back into it over the over time. Yeah, so the film comes out tomorrow, which is Friday, February sixteenth. Um, pretty much anywhere you can purchase or rent movies online, so on Apple TV uh, Amazon, you know, uh, Google play all of those outlets where you can go, um, and get movies in that way. It'll be popping up. I mean, I think you can already pre-order it on some of those platforms today. Um, and you know, hopefully a lot of people do that.
3: So Morgan, I know this is an awesome story. I was here a little bit from the beginning, almost as close to the beginning as you, how did you actually come to the SCN team in the beginning? How'd you find us?
2: Yeah, so I started like I said, I started listening to you all in February of twenty twenty-one and and twice a week, always listening to you all. Such a cool thing to be able to like have other, you know, hobby folks talking and, and learning about the hobby uh, weekly. Um and then in in around May of twenty twenty one, I started um, DMing with Verno, Chris Vernon, um, because I'm from Memphis. Chris Vernon's also based in Memphis, and we started just DMing about card nerd stuff and, uh, and geeking out uh, on Twitter. And then, um, we, at some point he mentioned his situation with you all and that he sort of made the link with the ringer. And, um, and then, so that was like, yeah, May, 2021, he was first mentioning you all. So I knew that there was a connection there and then he came on y'all show and that was really cool. And then in September of 2021 is when I actually got this job. I pitched it and they greenlit it. Um, and I immediately reached back out to him and asked him if he would put me in touch with you all. Um, and, you know, I think he probably misled you thinking I was some giant Hollywood mega mega director and this was going to be up for Oscars, which, of course, it will be. But uh, he connected us right away. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, I I... It, it felt like the first thing I had to lock down was getting you two involved. I always know I wanted y'all involved in the film. And, uh, and then, you know, I think we, I mean, we started filming in October, um, some one-off stuff. And then I think we filmed with you all for the first time in January of 2022, um, which was really cool coming down there and spending several days with y'all. I think I, I like a tornado almost wiped us out. If I, if that's my recollection, the last night we were there. But everyone was safe, and then uh, and then we came back several months later after
1: we got our first cut of the film to to film with y'all a
2: little bit more to do some
1: updates. I do remember you coming back. I do remember the the bad weather, the the fact that you guys were like actually here in town. I remember what did you think, Mike? Like when he when they came and they actually like mic'd you up. I I don't know because I wasn't in it as, as frequently as you are. But when I was getting mic'd up, I was like, oh. This is more professional than I actually was giving any credit to. Like, I thought it was legit going to be like two guys, like a guy with a camera and like somebody with maybe like uh, asking people's permission to film places. I didn't think it was going to be as as serious as it was. No, I mean, I, I guess I kind of, that's kind of what I expected, I thought. Okay. Yeah, because I looked into him too. And like Vernon, like talking like, hey, this is like a real guy. Yeah.
3: I couldn't figure out the Troy character. I think that was his name. The skinny dude with the leather coat unnecessarily. <laughs> He was the only one who had me really questioning my, myself.
1: I liked that he was so secretive. I liked that I oh, didn't know what was going yeah, on with. You guys, him. I could I could picture you two hanging out like a <laughs> Wendy's for no reason on like
3: a Thursday afternoon. So Wendy's is delicious. <laughs> I'd no, hang out I'll, there any Ted, day. Ted
2: Ted was great. And Troy was our coordinator. So Troy Troy like booked all of our hotels along the way and our travel. Um, he would get all the releases signed. Uh, you know, he was he was he's sort of a sniper, you know. At the last minute, he swoops in and gets you to sign some documents really quickly so you don't read them first. Oh, uh, you know, smart. He's, that, he's that type of guy. Well, okay. then I
3: heard Troy's story, by the way. And I was like, so what do you do? And he told me,
2: I was like, so like, how does that work? Because he just travels? Is a yeah, guy who's living in
3: hotel rooms? Yeah, he, like, he doesn't eight have eight a, years. a home. That dude is a serial. Uh, nice person, by the way. I'm not knocking him. If the, if, they, if, the, if the police ever find the bodies left behind, you have no way of knowing. Old Hickory Lake, a oh couple of Troy's enemies in there. This uh, man bought me chicken nachos, by the way, at the front porch restaurant.
1: What? Yeah. Chicken nachos? Then he murdered the cook. <laughs> oh, right after then he that. murdered the cook. They were not that yep. good nachos. Chef part dead. Hey, all right. So besides the fact that we are also, we are in this uh, documentary, who else is in this? So the guys who may be fans of other shows may want to check it out. Boo. Yeah. I mean, you know,
2: we filmed in 12 different cities over a year. You know, we filmed at cart shops and cart shows, auction houses, With collectors and investors and grading companies. I mean, we kind of ran the gamut on trying to get a a diverse sample of the entire hobby. And uh, so we filmed with Black Jaded Wolf, which is a female owned company in New York that are really amazing. Um, We filmed with uh, Heritage Auctions. We filmed at PWCC Auctions in Oregon. We filmed at Probstein, Mike's favorite guy. We filmed with him up in New Jersey. Um we filmed at SGC. That was one of the coolest things getting to go behind the scenes at SGC down in Florida. Um we filmed at Burbank Cards out in California as well as with Super Duper Danny, the Pokémon uh, collector out in LA. Um so, you know, I mean we tried to show a little bit of everything. Of course it's mostly a sports card documentary because that's what dominates the space, but we tried to dip into non-sport cards and TCGs just just enough because that is such a huge uh, portion of the space at this point as well. Um, but of course, you all are the stars.
1: Always. Of course, there you biggest,
2: go. Biggest biggest heels in the hobby that you had to deal with. Who are the who were the villains? Well, I don't think we have a villain in the film, but there is there is like y'all want a little dish. I mean, I I, yes. I said this on another interview, and they haven't clipped it. They haven't TikTok this. This is yet. why I'm asking you. I got the
3: story last night at midnight when I was changing a diaper. I got this story. That's why I want you to say it here first. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I mean. Uh, So we, uh, on my first initial reach out to sort of everyone in the space after you all, of course, um, we reached out to Ken Golden. um, And that email, my reach out was forwarded to, I guess, his like agents. And then they put us on a call with like five people. And then immediately was like, how much money are you going to pay him? Uh, And then said, yeah, he's not interested if you're not, you know, if, if the money isn't there. And that like basically ended the call. I mean, it was a really, really short call. And uh, just sort of big time us, and and you know, acknowledged that he wouldn't do it without money. And then and then PSA also, um, after a, a long conversation with their um, PR person, like a thirty minute conversation. Um, sometime after that, uh, they just said that they would also not grant an interview. Uh, you know, and they're all owned by the same people. I don't know what the reason was for that, but. Is what it is, and uh, I thought that was kind of funny that those two uh, folks uh, sort of
1: yeah, turned I, us down. That's uh, I would say that's very interesting. Um, well, <laughs> I don't want to prod, prod too much further and open up a can of worms, but I will say I love the SGC cards on your, the shoulder, over your right shoulder there. Is that a Star Wars card I'm seeing? That's a Hank Aaron in the middle. There's a Luke. Oh, there's a Skywalker. Look at him. Wait, you didn't get that with me, did you? Nope. Okay, I just <laughs> gave that one away just recently. Should have given it to me. <laughs>
2: yeah, got that. Uh, I mean, this is like my favorite. I mean, this is 56 Hank This Aaron, is my favorite seven? card that I have. Dang. That's a nice card.
1: That's really cool. That's a slick yeah. copy too.
2: Yeah. I I did this uh this was like a 4-month project where I started with the 3 of this and then slowly traded up um, you know, consolidating other cards that I have. Uh, sort of a fun little project. Um, something I always like to do, um, uh, you know, and I'm trying to have less cards and and just more like single pieces that I'm really proud of. Uh, that's kind of my current objective with my PC.
1: Well, you've got some cards coming to you from the leaf pop century break from last night. So you get to Heck add that yeah. to there Before yeah, Morgan
3: baby. leaves, by the way, I will say this biggest news that's come out of this entire, uh, the hobby, the documentary, mm-hmm. this whole relationship happening, yeah. aside from the dog sweatshirt, which I really like, <laughs> I am now on IMDb. You may be as well. I I am on IMDb. We're both on there. Yeah, I did. Someone sent me this. They're like, did you make your own thing? I was like, I don't know how to. Jesse can attest to this. I don't know how to turn my laptop on without help. I certainly don't know how to make an IMDb page. I've since added sports card nonsense.
1: I've since added information on mine. But yes, we both got on there. And you can go in there and add your own personal details. Absolutely not. Of course. I know. I didn't think you would, but you can. I just thought it was pretty cool to see it. So I now tell people I'm in movies.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you're stars of a film that's going to be up for Oscars, you get automatically populated on IMDb. That's just how it goes, guys. I mean, obviously. What's this, what is it called when you get one of each? The Tony, the Oscar, the he got. What do you think the yeah, chance are? there you are? go. I,
3: I, again, in the words of Kevin Malone, if somebody gives you 10,000 to one odds on anything, you, you take take those it. odds. If John the Cougar Mellencamp wins an Oscar, <laughs> I'm going to be a very rich man. I'm going to put a little couple bucks down on myself. I'm, I'm betting on Mikey. Yeah. got.
1: There you go. 10 that's... bucks turns into 10 million. Um, I don't know if the <laughs> math works it. on the ten thousand to ten. You but- know,
2: ten thousand to one odds. Okay, yeah. That's one of my one of my favorite newer parts of you alls show is when Carlos butts in and asks questions. Yes. Yes. So I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. He must not be interested. He must not care. Concerned. Well, here's the thing. Here's really- the thing.
3: The audio has been tough. Our internet, your internet, whatever it is. Carlos is is ready to throw himself in traffic because of that. I, I'm imagining. <laughs> Plus, Carlos did a whole thing today where he shaved himself. He Carlos is a baby face from Carlos, the to your toe. camera on for a second. Let, let the people see what they want to see here. Look at this kid. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> Loves being on camera. Carlos, any concerns
1: for Morgan you'd like to share with us? Any of Carlos's concerns? Uh, no, I'm just really looking forward to the documentary. Are, you gonna, you, go. are you gonna watch the documentary, Carlos? Of course I will. I'm trying to watch a movie I haven't seen before every day this year. So this will be one of my movies. It'll be easy. I love okay, that.
3: We got our next segment. I Morgan, may, we have to go. We have to talk to Carlos about this. I may or may not have Hang uh, on a
1: minute. ripped off a copy of a screener copy that you gave me and shared it with my mom and uh, my wow. mom, my wife, all who are not big card people loved it. So there you go. It's it's not just for card people. There, if you want to watch it with the family, you can. It's still enjoyable. That's how, Theo how well you didn't did. didn't care for it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Theo's not got great <laughs> taste. Yep, he does five not and a He's years. Years.
3: not a fan, so.
1: Uh, thank you, Morgan. Yeah. Really appreciate you coming on, and congratulations on the film coming out. The, congratulations to us. Congratulations to you, Mike, and myself. Um, if there is an opportunity for this to go beyond video on demand, any thoughts on where it might stream?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean that can always change, but um, XTR is affiliated with Documentary Plus, which is a, a free streaming platform for documentaries. Um, it has all. It has a huge, really incredible library of documentaries, and it, and it's free. You can download it on any of the same devices that you would be able to buy this movie. You know, if you have an Apple TV or if you have a Fire Stick, whatever all those things are, you can download this. Also, a mobile app. Um, and I, and I believe eventually it'll live on there, but I'm not, I don't know the date. I think they're trying to see how long it can last on TVOD, which is what this current window is called when people can download or rent it. And, um, and then after that, you know, who knows, maybe it blows up and it ends up somewhere else as well. Uh, it's just, a, I, I don't know about that side of this. I'm just here to talk about making the movie and, uh, hope that people do watch it early uh, and often and share it. And, you know, I don't know, people are going to talk trash on it. What do do y'all think is the main thing that people are going to smear it for? What are the things that people will drag it for?
3: Here is my, I I always go
2: right to critical. Yeah. I think the number
3: one thing is going to be like, yeah, that was all great two years ago, but it's like, yeah, but this was written from the, I think the majority of us were pretty realistic. Like, Hey, it's the market was not like this before. We're in a crazy time period and it'll probably end at some point. So I did kind of think it was fairly realistic in that regard. But I think
1: it also, like if you are not in the hobby, like if this is not for people who have already been in it and stayed in it, then it's going to be great because it's gonna get them up to speed as to what just happened, like over the last few years.
2: Yeah. And I don't you all haven't actually seen the final, final version of the the film. We actually did stamp. Oh, really? Um it's not changed that much, but we updated. So the opening of the film, we actually put a sort of uh, designation of when these interviews were made. So we acknowledge at the very beginning now that this was capturing, you know, capturing lightning in a bottle in the middle of a really fast paced um, hobby where things are changing dramatically. If for no other reason than just to protect those like you, Mike, who are quoting prices of your cards in the back sure. of your truck in the in the parking lot of your bank, uh, you know, and people who, you know, maybe you're in the hobby and want to talk trash and be like, he doesn't even know the value of his own car. So we wanted people to know, like this was at a time. Um, so we made sure that was known, but also we had to add some extra producers to the film. Um, David Arquette and his wife, Christina, are now producers on the movie as well. And so we had to update some of that and then update some of the, the sort of end cards at the end of the movie, but we didn't really change the edit. Uh, the the story and everything is the same uh, as when you all saw it. But But yeah, I mean... The time and place is everything, right, for the prices and whatever, everything that was happening at the time. Next time we have a couple weeks off, I don't want Troy involved. We'll get our own travel arrangements
3: for you here. I think we do a 10-minute rewatchables, Simmons-style. <laughs> we just hit the high points, the and we just bash the things that have changed dramatically <laughs> since the film. I'm being serious. I think that would actually be – even me and you could just do that. I think that would be pretty funny. Like me and that scene, by the way, in the bank. Dude, that, that bank scene – by the way, freaking Kelly got fired since then. Thank goodness. Oh, no. They said Kelly's we could gone. film in the bank. Nick, manager of the bank, comes and shuts it down. I had words with Nick. That whole bank parking lot scene is in my nightmares now. Because at the time, it was. It was like the Jordan rookie's 60 grand. Yeah, it's like 22, yeah. Like the So yeah. I think it
2: would be awesome to go back and just be critical <laughs> of some of that stuff. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Anyways, that's Yeah, but thought. that's not just you. I mean, there's Sharon, who's one of the lead characters in the doc. I mean, she's quoting... You know, she's literally saying people are telling me to sell these Luka cards, and I got an offer for seven hundred and fifty k. But I just want to hold it. And like <laughs> oh, that film yeah. recently, I mean, that card recently sold a, a, another copy similar sold for like two hundred, for example. So like, there's plenty of people in the film who are considered very smart and know what they're doing, but still, like, you know, it's clear they probably should have moved off things, or you know, you know, yeah, that's the whole thing, right? We don't know where it's where it's going, or or when this is going to sort of round back again. Uh, and so I think that. It's still fun that we captured it at the time that we did.
1: Morgan, thank you so much for joining me and really appreciate the updates on everything. And uh, everybody go out and check out the Hobby documentary. It'll be available as of tomorrow. That is February the 16th. You can watch it on video on demand on Apple, Amazon, iTunes, basically anywhere where you can get those films. Uh, yeah, thanks again, Morgan. Yeah, thanks, y'all. It's really
2: an honor to be on the show. Obviously, a huge fan and been listening for years. And so it's really cool to... To be on here and I'll keep listening. I'll I'll probably listen to tonight. We'll see. All right. Well,
1: you shouldn't. You're not going <laughs> to like it, but it'll be fun. All right. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, y'all. See you, man. Guys, thank you so much for all the questions from Mailbag. We really, really appreciate it. Unfortunately, uh, even though we got to a few of them, we didn't get to all of them. We wanted uh, the show ran a little long. Thank you to uh, our guests for coming on. We look forward to our next show, which will be A week from today, this next Thursday, because, again, we're going to be out in Phoenix, uh, hopefully getting some content, maybe even some interviews that we'll be able to uh, share on the podcast next week. You've said it all, and you've said too much.
3: Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by the Ring of Podcast Network, powered by Spotify. Hope to see you all Tuesday. If you don't come and support us Tuesday, don't ever listen to the podcast again. Is that right? (laughs) I don't think so. Goodbye.
1: Bye.